Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. My name is David Chudik, and I am a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial. On the Weekly Wealth Podcast, I bring you tools. I bring you tools to help you to build wealth, and I bring you tools to help you to maintain wealth. Today's episode is going to be really fun, especially for the business owners. I'm going to be speaking with Carrie Duke, and Carrie Duke is an ad strategist, and he's going to be helping the business owners to optimize their internet presence so that they can optimize their business revenue. So I hope that you enjoy this one, and keep in mind that if you've ever thought about selling your business, if your business has been on your mind as part of the funding over your retirement, or if you really just kind of want to know what your business might be worth on the open market, check out my website, www.allofmyassets.com. Remember, I am a financial advisor with a twist. So as a certified financial planner, I do all of the things to follow the financial planning process. I work with individual brokerage accounts, IRAs, Roth IRAs, private equities. I look at risk management. I look at estate planning all those kind of things, but I also help my clients to build the value of what's more than likely their most valuable asset, and that's their business itself. So check out www.allofmyassets.com, and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Today, we have Carrie Dukes uh, with us, and we're going to talk about Google and and how to how to generate leads for, for your business, and, and it's just going to be really exciting, and anytime you can increase your business's revenue, that's just a great, great thing. So, hey, Carrie, how are you? David, I am awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So what part of the world are you in? Because it's it's just a horrible place that nobody would ever want to live there. No good <laughs> restaurants or anything down there. Nothing, nothing fun to do either, right? I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, yeah, we've been here, I guess, going on seven, eight years. Okay. Multiple hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you fare just a, a couple of week, weeks ago? Was it uh, uh, pretty rough or... No, it was uh, it was really in in the scheme of things it was uh, it was just an inconvenience. Powers out 13 hours and minor tree damage, but uh you know, we're not on the coast, so we didn't get any storm damage or a uh, storm surge, no flooding. So, pretty much pretty much an easy ride. Yeah, those hurricanes are scary though cuz you just never know the next one could hit you straight on or or they could come two weeks apart and it's just, you know, mother nature certainly can uh, can 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 create a whole lot of damage. Um, yes, yes. I'm actually about five hours inland from you. And uh, my area, we got literally nothing. There was nothing going on. And maybe 30, 40 miles away, they had some heavy, heavy rain, but nothing, um, nothing major. So, uh, so we were, yeah. we were very thankful that, uh, that we didn't get the uh, storm. Sometimes when they make it inland, you know, a lot of down trees and power and all of the, the, um, the power trucks are, are moved to the coast and everything. So to Sometimes it takes a little while for the inland power to get uh, get turned back on. So yeah, not to turn this into a a weather podcast, but uh, for for Hurricane Michael, I think it was when it might have been Irma. We we did have to evacuate. I mean, it looked like it was coming straight at us, and uh, where we were at at that time was really really like maybe one or two feet above sea level. So you know, storm surge. You know, it's like, all right, we got to get out. So we went all the way up to. Uh, Orangeburg, which is not very far, uh, 
Yeah. And uh, the weather there was like 10 times worse than it was where we evacuated from. And it was just, it was miserable. I mean, just, just miserable down trees, power, like you were talking about. It was just, we evacuated to a place that was a war zone. It's, it's, it's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Well, we could talk about weather and hurricane and, and, and how awesome Charleston is. And, and if you've never been to Charleston, you need to go there because it's an awesome place to uh, visit. But, um, but yeah, tell me a little bit, like, how, how do you work with your, your, who, who are your typical customers? Cause we have a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs that listen to the show. So, so what type of business do you work with pretty well? Well, I work with bookkeepers, CPAs, and financial advisors. Uh, that's that's kind of the the territory I've carved out. And uh, what I do for them is help them with their online presence, their online lead generation, and their conversion of that traffic. Okay. But that, I mean, that gets pretty expensive, right? When you have to pay for leads and, and everything to get people to call your business or fill out an online form? Um, well. I guess that all depends. If you know what you're doing, you can drive costs way down. And there are also free um, assets available to you. I mean, it's like, you know, look, if we're talking about small businesses, especially those in a startup or growth, you know, small growth mode, um, there are assets out there that you can utilize. And the biggest one is Google Business Profile. Uh, it's, it's, it's always been there. And it's, it's just a matter of understanding what Google's actually looking for and who their customer is and, and understanding your role in that ecosphere. So for someone who is not incredibly, you know, technology savvy, and I think sometimes the internet just scares people a little bit, you know, depending on your, your, your age, um, what is a Google business profile? Does everybody have one? Do you have to create it? Just give us that Google business profile 101 kind of basic education, because I, I know this is very important. Okay. The, the first thing to understand is if you go to Google and do a search and you're looking for a service, say you're looking for a financial advisor and you, you're in a city, Seneca, right? You're in Seneca. You type in financial advisor. That's it, right? Google knows where you are. They know how to give you the best uh, results for that search term, which is financial advisor, and give you what they consider to be the best options, right? And so on that page, you're going to get ads. You're going to get uh, what we call uh, organic results. These are people that just show up in the listings. And then there's a the special place that has maps in it and it's a little box. And in that box, it's, it's the Google business profile maps listings that Google has curated. Right. And inside that box are going to be what they consider the three best results for that search term. Now, how do you get there is the question, right? The, the Google business profile is free and it does not take a tech genius to, uh, get one. If they have not already created one for your business, then you can just go through the steps and um, create one for yourself. Get get verified. They'll send you a postcard most of the you time. You can probably Google how to create a Google business profile, right? <laughs> you, you could you could Google that. You could go to YouTube, which is a Google property also, second largest search engine in the world. Uh, and both of those places are going to show you how to create a basic 
Google Business Profile. Now, its former name was Google My Business, so either one really works. Now, when you do that, right, when you do that, you're going to be able to set up and create a profile. It's a business listing on the largest search engine in the world, and it's free. They want you to do it. Now, why do they want you to do it? Because Google's customer, Google's customer are the people who are doing the searches. And Google's product is the best search results that they can give the fastest so that you can resolve your question or your problem. And so if you understand that, then everything else becomes a lot easier. Okay. So are there any tips and tricks to to make your Google business profile I don't know if better is 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 a good term but you know how to optimize your Google business profile yes uh, the number one thing is to fully and completely fill it out if they have a box or a tag that's a little link fill it out doesn't matter what it says if it says services then you create some services to go in there if you're putting photos in, uh, you know, if you're, they have a section for photos and it's highly recommended that you upload photos. It's highly recommended that you also get your friends and family to upload different kinds of photos. So even if you're a financial advisor, you don't have uh, all the pictures like a restaurant would create some unique photos, right? Just create some and okay. upload them. You, you mean like photos of our office, of our team? Uh, of office, just... team, jerseys, artwork. Um, anything you support, any charities, you know, anything that you think of is fair game. Okay. Right. Anything. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I know on, on like website search optimization, they talk a lot about keywords and, and you should kind of use the, the, the words that describe your service, um, or, or your products quite, quite often. Are there keyword issues within a Google business profile or, or, you know, what are the, some of the things that would make my Google business profile pop up more uh, in a financial advisor search? Okay. Let's start off with the, the one thing you do not ever want to do. The one thing okay. that will have Google kill your Google profile. And that is putting in your search term as part of your business name when it is not legally legally part of your business name. Okay. All right. So if you were Parallel Financial and that is your legal name, let's say Parallel Financial LLC or something like that, and then you went and added financial advisors, they will kill your profile if they find out. Okay. All right. So that's, that's like the biggest thing that people try to uh, skate by with. They think, well, if I put my keyword in my name, then I'm going to be better optimized to, uh, you know, show up in the rankings. Now, if you really want to use keywords, you will take those photos that you created and you will label those things before you upload them with your keyword. So if you take a photo of your office, then when you bring it, you know, before you upload it, you go and change the name of that photo before you upload it and you, you change the name financial advisor, Seneca or whatever, and then you upload it. So now you're giving them um, more signals. And, you know, it's like you could get really, really deep on the technical EXIF data and all that. And, you know, 
the 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 behind the scenes information of a photo but uh just i think for the basics just name your photo your keyword right and okay. then then there's there's things um in your services your your reviews your posts your you know there there are just different options that you can use in that business profile to keep spreading the different types of keywords that you might possibly be found for so you know one of the one of the best um activities that a business owner could do that does not want to pay for this is to create a post and refresh and you know write a new post at least once a week maybe twice a week and okay. in that post on your google business profile talk about what you do who you serve what your you know keywords are and you know that that kind of thing you know we're financial advisors in seneca it doesn't have to be Seneca financial advisors, but, you know, as long as it's close, right. You know, if, if the, if the two words of your search term are close to your location, you're sending the right signals. Now, especially new businesses, one of the things that they, they must do, um, and probably they probably should do this before they go and fill out a Google business profile is to go and get a bunch of what they call citations. These are listings in business directories and have your name, address, and phone number locked down, make sure they're the exact same, and get in all of the local business directories that you can. What's a business directory? Your Chamber of Commerce, your Better Business Bureaus, your um, Foursquare, your TripAdvisor, get, you know, any any place like that where you can put your business information is a business directory. So now let me ask you this. So my physical address is 916 East North 1st Street. Now, does it matter if we have E-A-S-T, N-O-R-T-H, one with an S-T, or is E, -E period North spelled out? I mean, does that start creating issues with how your address is listed and maybe it could be listed on different search engines differently. It, it could be. Um, what I would recommend if you do with it, with an address is go and check what the address is at the post office, okay. like, you know, check and see what they, they have it as maybe even check what Google has that address as, and then use that configuration. Okay, and then and then use that configuration across you know wherever you use it because the consistency of your name, address, and, and um, phone number is a big deal to getting your Google Business Profile ranked. Gotcha. Think of it as a popularity contest, right? Google wants to to provide the best result, and how are they going to determine who who the best result is if it's not by how many people actually like your business right, right. and right. how does google know that people like your business well there's two ways one you have a lot of links at a lot of different sites that have a lot of value to google right. the second is you're having a lot of activity on your site and that comes from reviews right so if you're out there uh, and you're not trying to actively get and obtain you know, high quality reviews from your clients, you're missing out. 
And, you know, it's like, well, I mean, can we talk about reviews real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I think reviews are really important. Let's do it. The, the, the idea that, that reviews are not important is, is silly. Let's just start there. The second thing is most people today rely on third party testimonials to understand if that's a business they even want to contact. Right. So they look up and they say, well, I want to I want to work with Parallel Financial, but do they have any reviews? Now, the second thing that they're going to do, and this is what where I think a lot of people fall asleep is studies have shown that most people want to see at least 10 reviews. They want to see these reviews to in the, in the last 90 days, at least preferably the last 30 days. And they don't believe 100% 5.0 star reviews. That's not believable, that you've never had a bad customer. So the range is between 4.3, 4.2, and 4.6 and 7. So if you're in that range, you have more than 10 reviews, and they're current, then you have a more believable review profile. Now, how should those reviews be structured? Well, ideally, the review would mention what service that you provided and what city that service was provided in, because those are now active signals Gotcha. that, that gotcha. help you get ranked. The secondary part of that is when you get a review as a business owner, you should go in and thank them. You should mm-hmm. go in and, and, and um, leave them a thank you note that also mentions we were happy to be able to provide X service for you. Okay. So, so what you're seeing is a velocity of activity that Google recognizes as being important. So now, when they go and come by and look at things, they go, "Oh, this this guy is better than that guy," because of the activity, because of the volume of keywords, because of all of the the uh, the love we call it the Google love that everybody's showing your Google business profile. Okay. Um, do you have any creative tips on how to get more Google reviews? Because um, I, as a business owner, frequently I'll leave a positive review for a business that I'm that I'm that I'm using because I know that it is important for them and it's almost a gift that you can give a business. Very rarely do I. Well, I, I don't know that I've ever left a, a negative review or I can't think of one because I know how damaging it could be and and um, I like treating others like I want to be treated. So I, I wouldn't want anybody to have a that one negative experience and lead a bad review. But, um, you know, what, what's a good way, you know, some processes that, that businesses can have in place that can help them to get more, hopefully positive, but, but any Google reviews. Okay. Well, the first is starting off with a plan, right? Uh Create, create a system that generates the request for those reviews. So at certain points of your service, like maybe after the onboarding session or maybe after they had a big success, make sure that you're asking that client for a review. Now, the best way to ask for a client for a review, the very best way, cell phone. Why? Why? Because 98% of people will read a text message within five minutes. Absolutely. Right. You can't miss if a text. You, if you send if you send it by 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 email, well, there's about a 65% chance they're not even going to read your email. All right. So that's number one. Number two, when you do a review request correctly, you're you're thanking them for their 
you know, the ability to serve them and you want to provide some kind of value, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, an opportunity to, I don't know, in your business, maybe it's an opportunity to do another review or, or something that is a value that doesn't have any, any cost to it. Um, and then if they appreciate your service, would they be so you know kind as to go ahead and follow this link? Give them the link to the review. Make it easy, right? Now, will you get that review all the time? No. But if you get into the uh, 30 40% of those people responding, you're hitting home runs. Let's take a quick break from the podcast. Is there anything keeping you up at night with regards to your money? If so, email me, David at ParallelFinancial.com. That's David at ParallelFinancial.com. Let's talk maybe for 30 minutes by Zoom, in person, or even over the telephone. We can talk about what's keeping you up at night and see if there are any next steps. And if you are a business owner, maybe you're in your 40s, your 50s, or 60s, and you're thinking about retiring, and part of that retirement plan involves selling your business, check out www.allofmyassets.com slash freedom score, www.allofmyassets.com slash freedom score. And let's get back to the podcast. The fat, the fastest way to grow your reviews is, is that it doesn't have to be clients that are giving you the reviews, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you have vendors who rely on you for payment, those are going to be great people to go and get reviews. Hey, I love doing business with them. You know, it's like, you know, they're quality people and they, you know, they do everything they say they're going to do on time. Vendors are a great place and source of reviews. Um, don't be afraid of using family and friends because okay. they can speak to your character. But they does Google, necessarily... would Google know if it's my family? Because um, Google knows everything or, or Google or knows not. everything, but they don't care. Okay. Right. What they care about is fake reviews. Okay. Right. And they have they have really, really good AI at determining what a fake review is. That's right? crazy. So, yeah. So basically you just give everybody the template, you know, this is what a good review looks like. It includes, you know, our service or the service that you like, our character, um, you know, maybe how long you've known us, um, and where we're located or where you're located. Okay. Like okay. if they don't live in Seneca and you want to expand your your range of uh, being seen, having having those kind of views in other other cities near you, that helps. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, so Google reviews. We definitely everybody needs to be putting a process in place um, to getting more positive Google reviews. And like anything else, I think it it's probably just a habit for you and your team, and you could easily make it part of your your sales process after you deliver your service or your product. Um, you can have a QR code. We have a, a QR code at, at our office that you know if you're in here, just scan this QR code if you don't mind, and, and leave us a, a review. You know, there's probably a lot of different ways to do it, but like anything, it, it won't work if you don't do it. So you just have to do it. Nothing works 100% of the time. Some people won't give you a review, but um, whatever you work on consistently eventually will start um, start to work. So that's Google, uh, Google Absolutely. reviews. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. You know, look, if you have employees, have a, you know, it's like you cannot, ethically, you cannot pay for reviews. Okay. Right? Google does not like that. The FCC doesn't like that. But you know who you can pay? to get reviews 
employees. Your team. There you go. That, that's I right. Like you inc- okay. you incentivize your team to get reviews, and you can go one step further. Incentivize your team to get reviews that mention them. Sure. Right. And now the the team member that uh, who you know who gets the most reviews that mention their name, now you give them a bonus. So so you can pay them for every review. Then you can pay the the winner of the contest, let's say, you know, a a bonus. And so now you've got everybody rowing in the same direction. Okay. So what if uh, what if um, I go to your business page and. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of good ones, but there's one that says Carrie was a jerk. He was mean. He didn't do what he said he was going to do. He overcharged, and I'm giving him one, one star, <laughs> and, and just you know all these bad things. What what do you okay. do? About well, if it the, said it was mean, it's probably true. I don't know. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so you just yeah, I just respond. Yeah, I think he's a jerk. Also, no, just kidding. But um, you know what? Well, do that's you what do my wife the, said. There you go. <laughs> All right. No, the question is, you have that one star review and it says it's really bad things. I mean, if they were legitimate, you know, you just respond to it. Hey, just give us a call. Let's see what we can, you know, talk about and maybe, you know, help us fix the problem so we don't do it again Mm -hmm. and leave it alone. Okay. Do not get into a a battle with with the person that is giving you a bad review. Just just respond you want to you want everybody to see that you're looking at these bad reviews sure and then there's two ways to look at it right oh i can't believe these people you know said these bad things about me and then the second is well well are they right you know yeah are they right did we fail at this point is there is there some kind of lesson that we can learn from this okay but in either case you you do absolutely have to respond okay now, what about the one that maybe, you know, maybe the review might say, well, John, at, you know, John never called me back and there's no John that works at your place. So it's either a mistake or it's some bot that put the review or anything like that. How do you handle that? Uh, report it to Google. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Google is not the easiest thing to work with at times, but they also, again, we have to remember who is, who are they doing this for? They're look, they're trying to give the best answers to their clients. So if they're getting a bunch of fake reviews to a business, then they have the ability to a know if it's fake and B if it's coming from the same IP address and et cetera. Okay. okay. You know, so, so they, they will, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you, you uh, report it and then they're going to respond by tomorrow, but, you know, in Google time. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, you know, the last thing, so somebody finds my website, somebody finds your website. What what are some ways that we can make sure that they actually turn into a customer or, or, or nurture them? You know, how, how do you take them from seeing your logo, seeing your name on Google, on that map with that, um, that little, uh, that, um, and then what what are some ways to to make sure that we actually put them you know lead them towards becoming a client all right now this is my favorite topic all right because deal. no matter what you do as a business owner you're trying to drive people back to your website mm-hmm. that's what your marketing is all about that's what your uh networking is all about if you go to leads meetings or chamber meetings you know it's like pass out my card here's you know are you going to get a phone call well maybe are they going to go visit your website before they they call you? Absolutely. So okay. whether you're doing social media or you're doing podcasts, whatever, you're driving people back to a central location, and that central location 
is the one that's going to tell the story. And if you're getting traffic to your website, but you're not getting phone calls, three things you have to start looking at. On my website, do I make it easy for somebody to contact me? Do I make it easy for somebody to contact me in the way that they want to be contacted? Because some people don't want to call you. Some people don't want to give you their email. But you know what some people want to do? They want to text you. Mm -hmm. Do you have that capability and is it easy to find? All right. The second thing is if somebody comes to your website, and let's say they didn't come from Google, they didn't see your reviews, but you don't want them to leave your website to go to Google to see your reviews because they might see somebody else. So make sure that you're streaming your reviews live on your website. Make it easy to find your reviews. The last thing is. If you're not using retargeting, you're losing, right? Nine out of 10 people will come to your website and never do anything. They won't call you. They won't text you. They won't send you an email. They won't send you a contact form. They'll look and they'll leave. And you have to find a way to get them back at the most economical method possible. And that is retargeting. Okay. All right. So do we know what retargeting is? Well, I think I do, but um, is that when you kind of bit, you just start seeing all kinds of different ads for the same same business? You know, well, if all you go to your, Amazon your... and you look at a pair of shoes, and then you go anywhere else on the internet that serves ads, and you see those same shoes, they're saying, "David, we know that you looked at these shoes. Right. Have you bought them yet? Do you want these shoes? We're still available." Okay. Right. Well, that's what you need to do as a business owner. We know that you came to our website. Remind them about your brand, remind them about your reputation and make them another offer. So does a business need someone like you to to kind of put the retargeting in place? Or is that something that the individual can normally kind of figure out themselves? Um, I would hope that the business owner is too busy to try to figure that out on themselves, running their business. Sure. Um, Because it's a more complicated process. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, gotcha. you have to figure out, you have to, you know, to run, to make an ad, you not only have to know copywriting and creatives and sizes and distribution, you also have to know the ad placements, where you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, what time is most effective, how are you going to maximize your opportunity, but also decrease the amount of cost each ad is going to cost you right the the expense so you know are you going to use real-time bidding are you going to use google display i mean there's 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 it's a it's a much more complicated process but it's not an expensive process when you compare it to the long-term value of a client and getting one or two additional clients per month right so we start talking expense that's one thing but we start talking as as a an investment and the long-term value of a client, well, you might be getting a thousand percent ROI off of that. Right, right. And I always say the you know the biggest, most expensive mistake is is typically not hiring an expert because if you try to figure things out on your own, a lot of times you just stop. 
or you just don't do it the right way. So, you know, whether that be managing your money and finances, I could make a strong argument that, um, um, you know, working with me will get you better results. Um, uh, working with you or someone like you would get better results in trying to figure these things back um, out on our own. And also there's probably better uses of our time than researching ad sizes and all the other things that you just mentioned that sounded um sounded foreign to me but obviously you know what they mean which is a um, which is a good thing so so awesome so if a business owner is thinking man you know i mean i need to get my web presence better i know i'm not getting as many incoming calls you know and and probably my google profile isn't updated and retargeting sounds awesome um you know how would somebody kind of find you and 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 what would kind of that that working relationship potentially look like well, the easiest way to find me is either on YouTube, Marketing Strategies for Bookkeepers. I have a, I have a channel there. Uh, you could find me at adstrategies.co. You can find me on LinkedIn. All right. Okay. And what it would look like is basically we're going to see what your needs are, what your budget is, and the best way to attack your digital presence in such a way that you can actually get clients. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I think this is probably something that a lot of business owners get so tied up with the running of the day-to-day -day operations of their business that they um, that they put this uh, put this to the side. So awesome. So I wanted to um, really quickly ask you um, one last question that we didn't talk about because I always like to put our guests on the spot. So we are the Weekly Wealth Podcast. So Carrie Dukes, I would like to know what is your definition of true wealth. So what does wealth mean to you? Wealth. That's having the freedom to design your life the way you actually want to live it. Perfect. Yep. I love that. I love that. So so you've kept the streak going. Nobody's ever given me an answer to that question in the form of a specific dollar amount. It's typically some version of freedom. Um, you know, wealth is freedom to do what you want, um, to give what you want, and so on and so forth. So with that being said, everybody, um, check out the links that we'll put in the show notes uh, to reach out to Carrie if you're interested in optimizing your Google presence. And until next episode, we wish everybody a blessed week. I hope you got some strategies from Carrie on how to increase your business's exposure on Google. Don't forget to go to his website, adstrategies.co, that's .co. And again, if there's anything keeping you up at night with regards to the markets, your investments, your personal financial situation, email me, David, at parallelfinancial.com. And if you're a business owner, check out www allofmyassets.com. If you're a business owner, don't neglect the value of your largest asset, which is more than likely your business. We'll see you next week, everybody.